Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Today, let's talk about time. I think time management is sort of bullshit, and I think that balance, (laughs) the ubiquitous talk of balance is impossible. There's never balance, right? Not in parenting. So we have to talk about time because toddler time is very, very slow. And most of the work that I recommend doing as parents requires a slowing down, right? And uh, yeah, just a slowing down. And so many meltdowns we see, so much crappy behavior that we see in our little ones are due to transitions that move too fast. And if you look through your day and you start looking at the meltdowns, chances are they are during a transition. We as parents, we're too busy. Right now, in time, this is an unprecedented time for busy, 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 right? And we're pulled in so many directions and we expect our kids to move really fast. Now, this is like a whole nother episode that I will probably do next because it involves executive functioning and limbic systems and why our kids appear not to hear us or listen, why it is so hard for our kids to move as fast as we expect them to, because um I'll give you a huge hint, a huge spoiler. They're still learning. Their brains are still developing. But again, that's another issue entirely. One of the biggest barriers... I hear in my parenting work, you know, with families is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time, right? As parents, we're definitely strung out. We're spread way too thin. We're doing a hundred things and none of them well. So I want to introduce you to a concept. We're going to work through how to, how to prioritize, how to figure out how to get more time. Okay. And now this is a whole chapter in my book, my new book. It's a chapter full of exercises. So if you are, you know, if you do have my book, I really encourage you to do the exercises in this chapter. I know I'm very guilty of like reading a book and not doing the exercises, (laughs) but this one is, this one is really important. And it's, uh, you have to be brutally honest with yourself about how you are using your time, but I'm going to give you the broad strokes now because obviously, you know, we can't do like a whole exercise here on the podcast. This is called the Pareto Principle, okay? And this, it comes from an Italian economist in the 1800s, Vilfredo Pareto. (laughs) Nice rhymey, rhymey name, right? He was an Italian economist who, in his work, figured out that 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the people. And he's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And he started to pull it into other things other things. And throughout time, throughout, you know, since he discovered this principle, many, many people have applied it to every sort of, I don't know what you call it, every sort of aspect of life, and it holds. So 20% of your garden is producing 80% of the produce. That's crazy, right? Working out. So 20% of the exercises that anyone does at any given time produces 80% of the results. They took it into fixing software. So, you know, when you get an app and they keep updating it because the glitches are fixed, check it out. 20% 
of the bugs are responsible for 80%. So if they fix that 20%, they get 80% better results. I, I did not, I did not pick up on the Pareto principle. I did not invent this. <laughs> okay. And there's been books, you can get books written on it. It's such a huge thing, but it also applies to life. So 20% of your time and energy is getting you 80% of your results. That is a crazy return on investment. So it is really worth it to figure out what that 20% is. Okay. And it's a, it's a tricky concept. And I know I'm not a, I'm not a huge math person. So percentages can throw people. But like if we take the workout example and you flip the numbers, right? Think of it this way. 80% of the exercises you're doing are getting you 20% of your results, right? If we flip those numbers, why would you do those exercises? Why would you do 80% if it's 80% and it's only getting you 20% of your results? That is a terrible investment, right? And so this applies to our lives. And I think it's really important as parents, because again, we are spread way too thin. And I think one of the most damaging concepts is 100%. You should be giving 100% of your time to your, to your kids or to your home life or to work or to something. Listen to the insanity of that. If you give 100% of yourself to your kids, you have 0% left over. So I would like to stop that myth in its tracks. You cannot give 100% to anything because you will then have nothing left over. Okay? So you'd be crazy not to figure this out. I just want you to grasp this concept because when I bring it up, parents get like super, super muddled. So I'm going to say it again, just very, very slowly. 20% of your time and energy, 20% of any given thing you're doing is getting you 80% of your results. Okay. So basically what happens is we all throw away our time. We just do. And there's a couple of reasons why we throw away our time as busy parents. Yeah. One is we don't actually have a priority, right? So parenting is so weird because, you know, you, you think about it and let's see, you start dating somebody, right? <laughs> you, you like each other, you groove, and that just kind of goes on its track, right? Then maybe you get married, right? One of you ask the other to get married. Then you get like the whole wedding to plan. You got this craziness. You might have these idealistic notions, you know, you might talk about when we have kids, we're going to be the kind of parents who only serve organic vegetables and our children will eat it all. And when we are parents, we may, we're never letting kids put stickers on the windows in the car, right? So you, you might talk about these like super idealistic things. Yeah. You might talk about a little bit of a philosophy. You might even start crafting a birth plan, right? But generally speaking, when you're getting married, you're not really like setting forth your parenting stuff, right? You got the wedding to deal with, maybe buying a house, that kind of excitement, right? So that happens. Then you get pregnant. Now you got the excitement of the, the pregnancy and this happens. And so again, you might have some lofty notions of parenting, but the birth is going to take priority. So it's like, you know, the baby shower and getting things ready for the baby. So these things take priority. Then you go into labor, you know, and yeah, you have this 
freaking seven, eight, nine pound bundle of mush that totally owns you now, right? <laughs> like, whoever thought, I mean, oh my God, I just remember that day. Who would think, right? That this like tiny thing would just dictate everything. Now you're swept into newborn, right? You're not sleeping. Oh my God, you're changing so many diapers. How can this child possibly poop anymore? You're feeding all these things, right? You're, you're losing more and more sleep. All by way of saying, very few of us actually know what is a priority. We kind of get thrown into parenting. And as your kid grows, you get thrown into the next stage. So you may not even know what a priority is in your parenting. And you may be grabbing at priorities, you know, oh, uh, healthy eating. Yes. And, and creativity. Yes. And no screen time and imaginative play and a sleep routine, you know, you might just be grabbing at these things that you know are important, but they don't actually, you didn't necessarily choose them. So I find what happens is that either you don't know what the priority is or you have too many. And again, this is exacerbated by like social media and FOMO. And we might see on Instagram, you know, like so-and-so is doing this, that, and the other thing. And we think, oh my God, I have to do that, right? I mean, I got swept in it when Pinterest, I got swept up in that when Pascal was like, oh shit, do I need to be doing a themed birthday party? Oh my God. I didn't because I'm lazy about birthday parties, <laughs> but we all get swept into this, right? Like the, the social media best foot forward kind of thing. So we either don't know what a priority is. We have too many priorities. And also a third reason is as parents, we've lost our white space. So white space has been coming up a lot with my clients in my personal life, in my business life. We, with the internet, with so many options for our time, we have lost white space. So white space, you might say is boredom, right? It, it, it might be the silence between all the chaos and we've lost this. So we don't actually know what we would do with our time if we had it. And so one of the exercises in this chapter in the book is like figuring out what you would like to do with this spare time that we all seem to want, that's very elusive and we all can't seem to find. Here's a trick though. This white space should be non-parent related. And that's what we kind of have to find, right? If like, if your white space, if your idea of white space is like, oh my God, I'd love to do more laundry. No, that's kind of fucked you guys. Like, that's not cool. We want white space that has to do with self-care, with making you, keeping you an interesting human, right? Not just one who cleans up poop and pee and puke, right? So that is another thought. That's an, that's an entirely other episode as well. And this white space is fascinating to me because I just think it's really where where we've lost it as parents. I look at past generations and they gave a lot more care to this to them as humans. So I think it's really vital. But for now, we need to talk broad strokes and I want to really address this too many priorities or not knowing what the priorities are. And maybe you've heard of this concept. It's called big stones. It's the big stone concept. So if you were to take a bucket or even a vase or some sort of container and you have some big stones, you know, maybe not not huge, but maybe fit in, in your hand. Yeah. Then you have some smaller stones, maybe even pebbles, and then you have sand. Okay. And if you were to put these in the bucket, if you put the sand in first, then the smaller stones, you know that the big stones aren't going to fit. They're going to just sit right on top, right? However, 
If you flip that and put the big stones in first, the little stones are going to fit around it. And then you can pour the sand in and the sand's going to form and melt around those big stones. Again, I didn't come up with this. It's a pretty popular notion, but it it is so important as parents that we get this. So, of course, the metaphor is what are your big stones? You have to attend to your big stones first and your big stones are your priority. Now, you have to think about this. What are your big stones? Here's the trick. You can only have three at any given time. So this is where I find parents get all messed up. They're like, oh, my big stones are but they got a list of 30 big stones. You guys, you can't have 30 big stones when they're only 24 hours in the day. <laughs> right? So you have to pick big stones. And the thing that I love about this exercise is you can actually, you can sort of apply it all over the place. Like you can have big stones for you and your child. You can have big stones that are family big stones. You can have big stones for work or your creative life as a parent, right? You can have life big stones that are sort of your compass for, for life. You can have daily big stones or weekly big stones, okay? So big stones can shift. So, you know, they and they can also conflict. So then you have to choose what your priority is. So I find a lot of parents have conflicting big stones, and that's why they get so strung out because they're trying to do too much and they're trying, they're at odds. So let's talk about that so you can understand what I'm saying. So let's say that a big stone for you is healthy eating, healthy eating, homemade food, organic, whatever you're like you, that is a total priority for you. And that's a big stone that might conflict with if you have a big stone that is like, I want to be like out of the house as much as possible doing all these adventures. If you, if you value if a big stone is healthy eating, you might be tied to home a little bit more, right? And you just have to know that and make that a priority. If you're trying to do both, you are going to stress yourself right the fuck out, right? How many times do you do that? You, the healthy eating is a super priority. Now you're out and about on an adventure. Maybe you forgot to pack or maybe you didn't pack enough food. Even the packing. Now you got to pack. You got to pack, have a cooler. You got to have all the, the right containers and you got to spend an hour prepping the food to leave the house. Maybe you get screwed out on the road. You don't, you didn't pack enough. Now, oh my God, you have to find the right health food store. Where's a Whole Foods? Oh my God. God, oh my God, you have just stressed yourself out, right? So if being out of the house is a higher priority, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, you might have to get used to McDonald's, right? And again, no judgment. It's just that you the two will conflict and the two will stress you out. So we're trying to minimize your stress. That's the biggest thing. Let's say one of your big stones is sleep. You are sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep is the highest priority. And by the way, I think this should be a priority at the zero to five age. But again, you're going to have a really strict routine. You may not be able to go to story time because your kid has a strict 11 a.m. nap. Your kid has a strict 2 p.m. nap. Like if that's a priority for you, then you have to maintain that. And you have to maintain that with pride. You have to be like, no, man, I'm the sleep Nazi. Sorry, I can't go. Yeah. Now, the big stones, of course, like I said, they shift. They change. You may have... Let's see, like on a, on a daily basis, laundry isn't going to be a big stone. However, if it's gotten out of control, then laundry might have to be a daily big stone, 
right? Now you need to get this laundry done. Of course, I'd love your toddler helping you, but let's say it's like completely overrun, which I know happens in in families, and you just need your toddler out of the way. A big stone may be no screen time, but now you've shifted and your child may get three hours cracked out on YouTube kids. They might, right? That stone is going to shift and that's okay. You can know it's a temporary shift. It's a daily big stone, right? So you want to just, you want to spend some time with this because picking those stones is going to be a huge uh, compass, right? It's going to show you where you need your priorities. And again, I want you to own your priorities with pride. So that's another thing. We sort of get dragged under like, I'll have parents say, you know, like I they feel terrible because they've enrolled their kids in zero activities. They're like, oh, I'm a terrible parent because, you know, you know, sleep is so important to us that we just don't do anything. Dude, I love that statement. So please don't ever apologize for that. I would love everybody to make sleep a priority at this age and get that sleep routine down. Yeah. But you don't have to apologize. You don't owe anybody an apology, you guys. And if it takes staying off of Instagram, if it takes staying off of Facebook, right, to just get get that shit out of the way, own your decisions, own your values with pride, okay? I'll give you an example, too, of how big stones can shift with life, with age. So Pascal, like we, you know, I hold true to these principles. We would, we have a very pretty quiet life or as, um, as talkative as I am <laughs> online, uh, we're pretty quiet at home. And I hold true to all the principles I'm, I'm stating here. You know, we have a very kind of low key life. I'm not a huge overstimulator. We do a lot of life skills, a lot of walks in the woods. Um, and as you know, as some of you know, we, uh, we homeschool. Well, Pascal, when he turned 12, there was like this crazy sudden shift happens at 12, just like between two and three, between 12 and 13 is like this huge, you know, teenage shift. Socially, things changed. He was kind of, it it got very gender focused. So before this, he was like, played with anybody really younger, older, girl, boy, didn't matter. And then at 12, I could see this shift. Gender became important. Like guy, guy friends became important. He had a little less tolerance. He has great tolerance for babies, but he had a little less tolerance for kids just under his age who were still kind of doing like, you know, poop and fart jokes. He he was gravitating towards a more emotional connection. And it's middle school, right? And so I've seen um I've seen middle school a lot of kids do choose a lot of homeschool kids do choose to go back to school because they feel like they're missing out on this social component. And so I think at this age your your gang, your tribe becomes really important and you know with the onset of puberty. And I have this theory. I think I think we have to go I think we have to go to genders as puberty hits. I think the guys have to hang out with the guys and the girls have to hang out with the girls because like puberty and these hormones and these sexual feelings are like crazy. So you have to like figure it out with your guys and stay away from the girls for a while. I just, I've noticed this at 12, 13, uh, the genders get very separated. So anyway, I digress. That's my theory that you guys can look forward to later when your kids are grown. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it, all of a sudden social stuff became important and I could see him and it, I actually asked him, I said, you, you look a little lonely. And he said, I, I am. I don't, I want my guy. I want friends like I see my school friends have. So we just, we hit it hard. That became a life stone, right? That became a big stone, a huge priority. It was about finding social, finding his gang. And we were pretty brutal about it, right? We 
I just, I said, buddy, you got to try some new things. We, we tried all these new activities and it involved a little travel. I hate freaking traveling as a homeschooler. You're like never home. You're traveling. <laughs> and, but now, you know, I'll easily drive places up to an hour so he can get his gang. And it totally shifted a life stone of like, stay home, be focused on our home routine. His need shifted. And so I shifted along with it, which is this like be out of the house, be engaged in these activities, support him in these teenage years that he really needs this kind of social interaction. And so that for me was a huge shift. And I I have to be honest, I resisted. I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive that long. (laughs) But I could see his need. And yeah, and so I have a completely different life than I had a year ago, but it's okay. And that that life stone really shifted. So again, I think it's worth it to just figure this out because again, it's a compass for you, right? If you're stretched too thin, you just you have too many priorities or you're just not sure what your priorities are. So spend a little time, pick your big stones. What are your little stones? What are your sand, right? And so there's that there's that kind of figuring out. Now, I have always mentioned Facebook, Instagram, fear of missing out. These these concepts are very very real and we cannot minimize them in our lives. And I think part of what's happening with digital our digital use is that we're minimizing everything. I I just got this great book. It's called Digital Minimalism. I forget the author's name, but digital minimalism. The author goes into detail about how much we're minimizing the human need to fit in and be liked. So that freaking like button sets off more in us than we would ever even imagine because our human need is to be, is to be accepted. And to be liked. And he said, far too many of us brush that off, right? And we think, oh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the likes. You are wrong. It's hitting your dopamine. It's hitting everything. I'm not very far in the book, so I can't speak to that. But I thought that was a very insightful thing is that we cannot minimize the FOMO that happens. We cannot minimize. You may think, oh, I know. I know everybody's just posting like their best life, but it affects you. It still affects you as you're scrolling, right? And so our digital life is really sand. It's really, really sand. And it will always be sand in this big stone picture, okay? Yes, you may be connected to your mom's group. You may be connected to your friends, but your digital life is sand. So keep that in mind because... I am a big proponent of tech and I get really angry. We're, we're just in a new time, you guys, with, with our phones, with tech, with the internet. We're in unprecedented time. We, none of us know what to do with this. None of us know what it's doing to our brains. So we're kind of screwed, but the new generation, they were born into this. So we can't, we can't have this like weird, like no screen time, no phones, right? I, I think that's kind of unrealistic as well. It's about management. So. Just know that your digital life, I I will never take your phone away from you, but I think it's about managing it so that it's well. And again, I'm reading this digital minimalism book, but for now, what I suggest for all my clients is time chunking. So our phones, our phones are tricky, man, because we're, we're always touching them. And I've, you know, a lot of these apps are designed to like, make you want to scroll, make you want to stay on social media. Their the mission statement is to soak up as much of your time as possible. They want you on 
constantly. So that's worth, <laughs> that's worth acknowledging. But what I have found super, super useful is time chunking. So I, um, I keep my phone on airplane mode and I address texts and social media just every couple of hours. I have set times during the day. I answer emails once a day. I don't constantly stay. I don't refresh things, right? And the airplane mode has just saved my life. If you don't know airplane mode, get on it. And I know that texting, you know, you might be making plans with some friends to meet at the park. That's great. You can keep your phone on for things like that. But texting, I was shocked when I, you know, when I went through and did the exercises that are in the Pareto Principle chapter in my book, the reason it's in my book is because I did it myself and I recommended it to clients and it's super, it's super effective, super successful. I realized texting was like punching a hole in my day. And I realized I was, you know, it's fun. I was texting my best friend. I'd, I'd be washing dishes and I'd think of something funny. I'd stop doing the dishes. I'd text her. I'd go back to the dishes. Ding, my phone would go off again. We'd have this like lovely back and forth that got me laughing. But holy shit, my dishes weren't getting done. I kept having to dry my hands and go back to my phone. <laughs> so I realized texting was like a huge thing. So, so yeah, so I, I solved that by putting my phone my phone in airplane mode and I check it like regularly every couple of hours. And then I answer all the texts at once. Also that my clients, you know, my clients, that's when you get my huge, you know, my big package, you get, you get to text me. And so I have clients texting me and I can't be answering everybody all day long. So I have to set these boundaries. So anyway, remember that your digital life is sand and that you can control that with Airplane mode is really the best. And again, I would recommend this digital minimalist book. Again, I'm not through the book, but it really seems to be uh, a great book so far. All right, you guys, uh, we'll, uh, we'll meet next time where I will talk about toddler time being so very, very slow. All right, I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, yummy new book pre-sale treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified Oh Crap consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.